So I'm Lady Carlson. I organize with Northern and Central Louisiana Interfaith. Uh, and first, I want you to know that uh, I am praying for and have been praying uh, for a speedy recovery for Barbara. Uh, she is my, uh, we're twins, uh, although, you know, something happened in the delivery process, and we're still trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out how I got so dark and she got so light. <laughs> So, so today, I want to do a couple of things. I, your, your theme is right of conscience and democratic process in congregation and society at large. And, and I like that. Uh, you know, there's, there's this guy named Walter Brueggemann. Uh, and Brueggemann has, so I'm going to mix up my Brueggemann books today, okay? It's going to be a little confusing, but I want to mix them up because I think it fits into this. So Brueggemann has a book called The Prophetic Imagination, and, and in that book, he talks about prophecy. And, and if you live in today's world, and you know, so is the NSA listening? Is this recorded? <laughs> you know, if you look at uh, the charismatic movement, when they talk about prophecy, it is the foretelling of the future, and they're always making some kind of prophetic, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. <laughs> and then when he doesn't come back, they're like, no, we meant tomorrow 20 years from now. <laughs> or, so, so there is that sense of prophecy that is the foretelling. But what Brueggemann says is there's another kind of prophecy that we don't talk about a lot, and that's the prophets of the Old Testament the prophetic words that the, the prophets in the Old Testament talked about. Go ahead. Okay. So if you look at the Old Testament prophets, they spoke out against an injustice. You know, and, and, and Amos, I'm not going to quote this right, but Amos talks about let justice roll down. Like, you know, they talked about the way the people in power were treating the Israelites. And that was a theme that occurred throughout the problem. It, it was, a, you know, uh, Ezekiel talked about can these bones live? Jeremiah talks about how bad y'all are treating people in, in, in uh, uh, Isaiah. So that there is this strain of prophecy that is about injustice not only speaking out against injustice, but what can we do to make it right? Does that make sense? Y'all pretty quiet. Y'all know I'm Baptist. I like amen, yes. <laughs> Hello, talk back. <laughs> Are you the frozen chosen? <laughs> so, so we're going to give you a little Baptist, and you know, missionary Baptist, of course, not Southern Baptist. But, but Brueggemann has, he also has a book called uh, Hope Within History. So, so there's this prophetic tradition of speaking out against injustice. Then he has a book called Hope Within History. And, and I know I've done this a million times, but I'm going to do it again. Because I, I hope to connect really what we do in interfaith with that prophetic tradition. So in Hope Within History, first of all, Brueggemann says there has to be what he calls a critique 
of current ideology. And he uses the Exodus story. And he talks about how, you know, uh, I, I love this scripture where, where the, in, in the Hebrew scripture, there's a scripture that says, a Pharaoh was born that knew not Joseph. And so there are all these people in the land of Goshen, all these Israelites, and they were reproducing themselves, and, and Pharaoh got worried. So first he was going to drown them, right? <laughs> that didn't work. And, and, and the more they tried to kill them, the, the, the handmaidens, whatever those, the midwives did, the midwives saved them, and so that didn't work. Moses is born. Moses is, it lives in the house of Pharaoh. And Moses knows that he is the deliverer, or he believes it based on what his mother says. But there's a problem that Moses has to be banished to the backside of the mountain so that God can deal with it. But Moses has a critique of what's going on. His critique is that here are all these people, my relatives, I, I live in Pharaoh's house. They hear all these people that are enslaved and, and their children can't go to college and they're building the pyramids and, and yet they don't get paid for it. So Moses has a critique, but the problem is the people, the Israelites didn't have a critique. And so Moses has to go to the backside of the mountain, learn how to organize house <laughs> meetings. <laughs> Learn, learn uh, IEF organizing principles. <laughs> and then come back and organize. And so, uh, now, if you'll, again, let me take my liberty. We organize for power. Power, the way we define it, is the ability to act. It's two or more people with a plan they agree upon. And so, in your house meetings, in the house meetings Moses organized, People said, well, this is my critique. I'm a slave. Other people said, you know, my child can't go to college. Other people said, I don't have health care. Other people said, we, we, we put too many people in prison. And so they had a critique of current ideology, what was going on. Well, we have a critique, I think, in interfaith. Our critique is there are too many people. We put too many people in prison. And they tend to be African-American men and Latino men. We take their best years, their most productive years, they're in prison, and then when they're my age, <laughs> it's time for Social Security and Medicare. <laughs> and so when, we, when Interfaith does meetings, it's because we've done the house meetings beforehand. We've done the critique of, of what we say is wrong in our communities. And then we say to candidates, here's our critique. Here's our critique. Will you work with us around our critique? So we have a meeting. We have 500 people. Oh, yeah, that was a dream. We had 300 people. We're getting to five, but we're at three now. And you get candidates in there, and you say to them, what do you, will you work with us? What do you think they're going to say? I mean, you'd be, uh, unless you 
we're going to commit, commit a political suicide, right? You're going to say yes. So the work begins then after that meeting. Look, democracy only works, number one, if there's an informed, educated electorate. Voting is only a part of it. Hitler was voted in with 99% of the vote, right? I mean, voting is only, and, and so, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's be clear. Please vote November the 4th. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm from Texas, and so vote early, vote often. <laughs> I, I don't mind. <laughs> if you live in South Texas, dead people vote, so that's okay. As long as you vote for the white person, right? Okay, so I'm not saying don't vote, but I am saying this, that if, you, if we bring candidates to our meeting, we only say vote, and then we don't go back to them, how do we hold them accountable? And so after the election, we're going back to them and we're going to say, remember, you said at Paradise Baptist Church, after you were elected, you were going to work with us around our agenda of issues. And so what we're working to do is create a new Louisiana, not a new Shreveport, a new Louisiana where families are at the center of decision. Now, you got to fight. Frederick Douglass said, people in power never willingly give it up. You got to take it. And so I want to challenge you. Now, you know, y'all are white people. Y'all don't do this. <laughs> Black people say, my vote doesn't count. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And if we can demonstrate, so, so they don't like us, right? They do not like us. <laughs> We don't care. We want them to respect us and deal with us. And the only way we can do that is if we can demonstrate that we vote. So that, don't make no mistake, Ali Tyler's campaign, if she gets elected, Victoria Provenza are, are, are you know, every, if they get elected, they're going to look at the, re, the election results and they're going to figure out who voted. We want them to be scared of us. I don't mind it. I want them to be scared of me. <laughs> I want them, when they see interfaith, they say, I got to take this call. Because look, when, when, when they see, so who's the most powerful white man in this community? Uh-oh. <laughs> so, well, so when they see Mr. Daddy Big Bucks, on the, you know, there's a phone coming in, and, and the phone ID says Mr. Daddy Big Bucks, or Mr. Daddy Big Bucks representative, because he's so rich, he doesn't have to deal with him himself, right? He sends his guy. So they see his guy, and they answer the phone immediately. Well, we want it to be when they see it's interfaith that they say, I got to take this call, because if not, I have hell to deal with. They're going to be, you know, there's a story in, 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 in uh, the, he, uh, I get my scriptures confused. 
Jesus tells a story about this woman that there's this judge, he doesn't respect man, he doesn't fear God, he doesn't, but this little old lady comes to him with a problem, then he says, if I don't help her, she's not going to go away. Because of her importunity, importunity, he deals with her. Well, that's what we want. We want to be the squeaking wheel. We, but but you got to have power to do that, right? You got to present a threat to them so that they feel like they have to deal with us. And so what we're really working to do is say this. There are two groups of people writing history, right? The rich and the powerful, and the other's God's people. I'm not mad at the rich and the powerful. I'm not mad at the Koch brothers, okay? Well, let me tell you why I'm not mad at them. They understand what they want, and they're willing to go out and get it. I'm mad at us because we understand what we want, but we sit back like we're impotent. Oh, my God. They have all this money. Oh, my God. Well, we don't have their money, but they can't produce enough. Look, I don't care if they bribed every employee they had and said, I'm going to fire you. We can still outnumber them. We can still outnumber them. And I don't care how many people they bribe to vote. We can outvote them. We can make our voices heard. I am so sick of hearing, and then I'm closing. If you want to see this country change, if you want to see Shreveport change, then let's figure out with each other how to make it change. And so we're doing phone banks. I hope we're going to do some neighborhood walks because we want our voice to be heard. We're not impotent. We're not a group of people that can't make a difference and make a change. We're the people that defeated the governor's plan to, to eliminate the income tax. We're the only group in the state that didn't have to sue him to defeat him. You just missed a good place to say amen. <laughs> and, and so I, I want to I end with my, my favorite story. You know, the, this guy, Blind Bartimaeus, he's sitting on the side of the road, and he hears this noise, and he asks people what's going on, and, and they say, Bartimaeus, Jesus is coming. Because Brueggemann says the other thing you have to do is what he calls a release of new social imagination. You can't just complain. <laughs> you can't just say, oh my God, the world is awful. Then you have to offer an alternative vision, what he calls a release of new social imagination. And so here's a guy sitting on the side of the road. He's been blind and begging all his life. How dare he think that he could see <laughs> and get a job, let alone a living wage job with, with health care and benefits. And yet he dared to dream where there is no vision. He dared to dream. I dare you to dream.
I dare you to dream. So look, I don't know what you feel about the president. And I'm not telling you who to vote for. But I am telling you that his policies are on the line. If you care about health care, vote. I ain't telling you how to vote. <laughs> I'm not telling you who to vote for. But if you care about health care and the Affordable Care Act, if you care about can we do something, we need more than just a strong military. We need a government that's responsive to us. It is atrocious that people are unemployed and their unemployment benefits have been cut off. It is atrocious that we are cutting food stamp benefits. It is atrocious that all of our failing schools are in poor minority neighborhoods. It is atrocious that I'm a, a single mother and I have to work four jobs and I still can't feed my children. Those are the things we're voting for. Tip O'Neill said, so I'm going to go back to, forget that other stuff, all politics is local. We can impact local politics, but we got to be willing to get out there and, and work. And so I'm really closing, but you know, Jesus tells a story about this man that was giving a party. And he invited his neighbors, and they're like, no, 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 I'm busy. No, 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 I don't have time. No, 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 no. Some of us are like that. No, I don't have time to vote. No, I don't have time to do a phone bank. No, I don't have time to do this. Well, I'm throwing the gauntlet down to you and saying, we don't have time not to do these things. If we want our state in 50 years to be different from what it is today, we got to figure out how to be Bartimaeus, sit on the side of the road, and cry out, but then organize ourselves to make the state better. Thank you. I, I hope this had a theme to it. 